Okay, welcome back to the Downtown Den. I'm delighted today to be joined by Chris Bollens, who is a managing partner at Leading Architects, Brock Carmichael. And equally delighted to say that Brock's have uh, become the latest partner of Downtown in Business. So welcome, Chris, and we'll talk a bit more about the partnership later on. Um, but as one of the leading architecture practices in the country now, um, you guys have been able to, by and large, work through the crisis so far. So tell me how that's worked and, and what sort of changes you've had to make to adapt to the new circumstances. Well, yeah, good, uh, good afternoon, Frank, and good afternoon, everyone. Um, pleasure to talk to you. Um, yeah, we, I suppose we entered the, the lockdown phase um, with, with a reasonably full order book. Um, and I guess because of this kind of variety scale of project we're working on, different sectors and different geographic regions, it meant that the team's been really well occupied. Uh, we haven't had to furlough any team members yet, uh, and we haven't had to make any, any redundancies. Uh, and we've got a, we've got a strong uh, outlook going forward over the next three to four months, uh, which is giving us quite a bit of confidence to, to come out of this uh, economic hiccup um, with you know on a, on, a, on a sure footing and to take advantage of opportunity uh, going forward of course moving the team in 48 hours from our headquarters in in old hall street to remote working uh, we, you know was was unprecedented i guess as it's been for for lots of organizations um, we had some structures in place already to facilitate home working and remote working from the office um, and we've been implementing uh, flexible working strategy over the last 12 months anyway, which has really been in, in response to, to what our team have talked to us about and, uh, and what's come out of, you know, constant engagement with our, with our, with our team about how to improve their work-life balance, how to improve their productivity. So we had, we had a lot of the, the hard work done already, which was those kind of critical IT issues that need to be resolved. So then it was just a question of actually forcing everybody to do it, forcing everyone to um, communicate in a different way. Um, it's not been without challenges and, you know, it's hard for some of the team members who've got young families, who've got uh, partners who are, who are working from home as well. Uh, so they're juggling childcare, they're juggling their uh, work commitments with us, uh, they're juggling, you know, conference calls with clients. So trying to maintain our quality of service, which is such an important part of our business, uh, trying to ensure the quality of the information that we produce, our currency is, 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 is uh, as good as ever. And trying to move the business forward and continue business development, you know, not stand still, um, you know, it's all, all been harder than it ordinarily is. Um, but but we, are, we are moving forward, we are making progress, we are continuing to discharge our, our, our duties to our clients, and we continue to do some, some, some really good work. So yeah, I'm really proud of the way the team's responded to this challenge. And, uh, I think having a, a fairly open dialogue with everybody, being honest and um, communicating with them uh, and listening to people's challenges and working around problems rather than hitting them head on and trying to ignore them really, really helps sort of, you know, build confidence in the team. And uh, yeah, it was uh, really interesting hearing Chris Oglesby talk about leadership and the importance of leadership. Um, with you recently and and uh, yeah it was uh, in our own small small way we've yeah, been trying to do the same sort of thing yeah. and of course Chris you offer professional services and advice to that sector that again has 
continue to work, albeit less capacity than had previously been the case. Um, but property and construction have had their own challenges, haven't they, in terms of how they move forward, how they operate. Um, what have you been picking up from those people that you work alongside? So I think um, obviously we we work you know on on both sides of the uh, uh, of, of construction the front end where we're you know working in the design phase uh, and then obviously the the sort of the, the action end of the process where we're working with with contractors and clients on on delivery of projects on site. Um, so we've seen uh, different people respond in different ways. Um, so I think you know certainly. Um, lots of people have been quite agile and we've been quite surprised and we've been really positively surprised by some clients who've, who've responded uh, and, and, and tried to find ways of making, making things work for them in, in difficult circumstances. Lots of contractors um, initially uh, seemed to down tools as a big concern about health and safety. Uh, and then I think gradually they've started to realize how they can work um, with the HSE and with their with their safety advisors um, to develop systems and practices that protect their workers um, but also allow their work to continue. I think on the construction side of things there's obviously legal issues around construction contracts and around uh, contractors that are in contract to deliver projects by certain dates and clauses within contracts that don't provide for uh, relief under circumstances like COVID-19. I mean force majeure clauses aren't present in all contracts and so there's um, you know there's legal issues and I know some some clients have, have really been concerned about where that would leave them if they were unable to deliver on their contractual obligations um, would clients understand would they be hit for penalties um, etc so, so there's been challenges around that so they that 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 challenge has forced inventiveness and forced creativity and we've seen people respond to to, to deal with that at the front end um, you know, technology like this that we're using now has enabled us to continue to work with, with our clients. And there's a number of projects is projects that we're, we're right in, in the key phase of, of design working on big planning applications. And that's continued at, at pace. Uh, and local authorities and other consultants uh, have all sort of moved with it as well. So we've been, we've been able to continue, um, on, yeah, like I said, on both sides of, of, of the contract phase. Mm. Uh, and just in terms of moving forward, we're always hoping to see light at the end of tunnels. And uh, although I, I, for me, the Prime Minister didn't go quite far enough last Sunday, left too many ambiguities, in my opinion, it does appear that come autumn, we will have some form of normality back into the country and, and to the workforce. Things that you've probably learned, Chris, that you'll continue to do even when the lockdown's over? Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, we talked earlier about, about remote working and um, we, so a big, big part of the way we work is, is, is collaboration, design in our teams. We don't, we, you know, we don't work individually. We work together in teams in the office and we work wider teams with other consultants and with our client teams. And a large part of that creative process is done collectively around the table. And, and there's a lot to be said for a piece of paper and a pencil in your hand. And that's how we thrash through ideas and, and uh, our, our team work through those. And out, out of that collective input, we, we get something that's bigger than the sum of its parts. And 
I was always really concerned that we'd lose that um, by being isolated and, and working remotely. And I think the reality is when we do come together, um, be it virtually or, or physically, that can still continue. Um, now, I'm hoping that over the next few weeks, we will be starting to introduce a, a, a gradual return to the office. And like you said, by, by the autumn, I expect that to be you know, more, uh, you know, something that we're all more familiar with uh, in terms of a working week. Um, but what I think this has taught us is that you know, we can have remote working and it not completely cripple the productivity of the office. Mm -hmm. We've shown that we can respond uh, and trust uh, our team and I think that's that's a big you know the power of trust is a is a big thing you know we've got our whole team now working at home and yes we can check and we can look where they're doing work but actually a big part of, of it is trusting our team to do what they need to do and what we're asking them to do and and you know they've completely responded so I think yeah going forward I, I think I take a lot from that the, the, the trust um, uh, and, I, and I can see uh, I can see us operating more flexibly with our with our team going forward. Uh, and I think you know we're working nationally, and those projects nationally have continued. And I haven't to be I haven't had to schlep up and down on the train or in my car, <laughs> which is good for lots of reasons. Um, and it saves time, it saves um, carbon, um, and it saves money. Uh, and I think we'll we'll look at doing more more with the technology uh, in terms of meeting. That said, I still like a face to face meeting. Yeah. So I think we get a lot from that. Yeah, yeah. I think that we we will see a lot of that moving forward, where people probably, particularly if there's a long journey involved, if you go in, you know, hundred and so miles for for one meeting, I think people will be more mind mindful now, uh, and people will feel less consulted by the offer of a zoom meeting where i think in the past people have thought oh that's a bit off why, why won't they come to see me whereas now yeah. people will see more of the sense in it yeah. but equally chris I, I think you're like me in this respect you know we're both social animals and so there's there's still in my opinion no substitute for that face-to-face -face conversation and meeting people and being able to look them in the eye when you're having conversations and particularly oh, yeah. deals yeah, I 100% agree, Frank. I mean, I think the thing I found uh, about working uh, on, on video uh, conferencing, video calling, um, and two weeks ago on a, on a project we're involved with in Bath uh, to give a design review panel presentation. So there's 18, 18 people on uh, a video presentation. And it was a really important presentation in the project. And, and after three hours on a video call with 18 people, I was absolutely exhausted yeah. and it is shattering. And I think a big part of why it's so tiring is that without that, without that physical contact, uh, even just being in the same room as people, you miss out on so much of the unspoken body language and the communication that is subliminal. Uh, and you know, so much of what we do, uh, you know, you and I is about communication yeah. and, and you rely on these cues, these subtle cues you get, eye movements, body language, a smile, you know, and, and those don't come across in the same way virtually as they do physically. And I think it, it leaves you totally drained, desperately trying to decode what's happening and, and understand the subtleties of things, especially if you're, you know, trying to do a deal or anything, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. 
well we will see what the new world holds in store for us but meantime of course as you say brocks have been able to carry on and uh, work remotely and as effectively as you always do and you're involved in projects right across the country chris so tell us about some of those exciting initiatives that you're involved in yeah so i mean obviously we're, we're headquartered in 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 liverpool um and and we have a, a satellite office in london um but i think about four or five years ago we we realized that you know whilst our focus has always been the, the northwest um that, that we would like to spread uh you know further afield and explore opportunities in, in other parts of the country and and in some instances that's been with clients who've taken us on that journey and in in, in other instances we, we've targeted opportunities uh, elsewhere uh so at the minute we're working uh in durham uh in bath in london uh on the south coast uh on the lancashire coast um so we're we're, we're spread across almost all four corners um, and, and, and across our, our, our key sectors, which are residential, uh, master planning, leisure, hospitality and, and education. Uh, so in, in Bath, uh, we're working on a, a large uh, scale residential and student development, uh, which is for about 700 units in total. Uh, and that's for a, a, a national uh, built to rent developer uh, and student accommodation developer. Uh, that's a, a really exciting project in a in a really interesting city. You know, as an architect, Bath Bath is a special place, uh, and and uh, lots of parallels with with Liverpool as well. I mean, it's a World Heritage uh, site. Um, uh, uh, you know, with a really strong conservation pedigree. Um, although when I reminded them all down there that Liverpool had more listed buildings, they weren't happy. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a, it's a really interesting city to to work with, and it's uh, an, uh, an, an interesting project there. In London, uh, we, again, residential development, uh, we have a tower on site, um, and that's, that, that's one of the sites that's managed to continue to progress um, during, during the lockdown phase, um, probably with some small, small delays of the programme, but, but nonetheless, activities continued there, and so it's good to see that, that, that progress on site. That's a sort of 22-storey tower, and it's about halfway up at the minute. Um, and on the south coast, we've got a, a health centre, which is completing um, and and that's, that's been an interesting process. The uh, care commissioning uh, group in uh, Hastings uh, actually got in contact with the client and inquired as to whether or not they could accelerate the program to complete. Um, at the, you know, we're about a minute, about four or five weeks away from completing the project. And at the start of the lockdown phase, there was uh, some curiosity about whether or not that could be brought forward. To, to improve the offering of care in that in that area to deal with fallout from COVID nineteen, so it's quite quite interesting. Um, and then yeah, up in up in up in Durham, we're working on a master plan for regeneration of brownfield land for for housing development. So yeah, a whole a whole wide range of of, of, of projects um, and uh, and and yeah, across our across our key sectors. So yeah, I think for us. Um, Taking the expertise we've got, um, we're finding that's readily transferable to other areas. I think um, there was a bit of a perception for a while that, you know, if you don't have those contacts with planners and you don't have those contacts with um, uh, political leaders in cities and other areas, regions, it's, it's harder to do business. Um, but we're finding, obviously, with, with, you know, joining forces with yourselves, that's helping, um, helping with that, that situation. And also our network of consultants. Um, that have regional offices um, is, is, is giving us those 
uh, access to, to that knowledge uh, to be able to work in those areas, uh, you know, productively. Mm. Well, it's great to hear so so much positive news coming from a company in these times because we do, you know, we're almost used to this daily diatribe, aren't we, of doom and gloom? And uh, you and I will both be aware that it's it's not quite like that. There are good things happening, and we've still got uh, room for some optimism i think in terms of the business community and, and you know before i just touch on um something else i wanted to speak to you about actually was was mip and chris which we both missed out on um but before i do j just give me a view on how you think uh, the government have handled uh, the situation not in terms of the health and the care side of things because that's very complex um but i i wonder if you agree with me on the economy, uh, Rishi Sunak has, has done a really good job in terms of putting those safeguards in place, whereby most businesses have found some good support for them and, and hopefully, you know, a platform in which we can build for the future. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, Rishi Sunak has come from nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and is now, uh, I think, one of the few... Um, Few uh, conservative politicians who, who, who's, who's coming out of the current crisis looking like he, he's in control and knows what he's doing. And I think a big part of that is, is that he, he took decisive action really early on. And I think went further than a lot of us um, expected him to go uh, and, uh, and did it quickly uh, and set out a, quite a clear, uh, you know, clear idea of how he was going to work with the business community and to try and alleviate the impact of COVID-19 right? in, in a number of very easily, uh, very easily articulable ideas. Right? And yes, there's been a, a raft of detail behind that and obviously a, a number of weeks and months of work to then implement those clear ideas. But what he's done is what perhaps other aspects of the, of, of the country's leadership have failed to do. And it comes back to what we talked about earlier is clear communication yeah. and i think that's where you know there seems to be you know just such a lack of uh, of quality of message that's being put out uh, whether it's the right message or the wrong message you know that's another debate but people don't know what's happening they don't know what they should or they shouldn't be doing i think it's a fine line between being the you know the so-called nanny state and dictating uh, and then also leaving enough room for people to, you know, implement their common sense. Um, but people are clever, but, you know, whole groups of people are not. Uh, and so, you know, there needs to be clear messaging and clear strategy, and they need to be clearly communicated and easy to understand. And I think it just, that's not been the case. And so I think that's caused a lot of confusion, um, you know, where we live, um, we live in in Parkgate on uh, on on the sort of rural Cheshire border, and you know it's a it's a lovely little part of the world, but it's got lots of hospitality businesses there. And I know now they're sort of saying, well, does that mean we can we open for takeaway? Can we not open? For takeaway? What can we do? You know, you know, ha you know, and, and so people are coming down now to do their exercise, but can they go to you know? And I think there's with a bit more uh, a bit more consideration given to that that. The communication of that message um, would have helped everybody out, uh, and and everyone would understand what it is they, they they could and couldn't do. But I also think that Rishi Sunak 
was so decisive so quickly, and that's something that, that the rest of the government will be under criticism for, for not acting quickly enough and uh, with a clear enough direction. Certainly when it comes to the, uh, the next Conservative Party leadership race, I would expect to see that young man's name in the frame. Whether that will be later, yeah. we'll have to wait and see, but he's, yeah. he's certainly done himself no harm. But I, th I think so, yeah, and he's, he seems personable as well. Yeah. And, uh, no, uh, you know, and, and, and being able to relate to people, I think that's, uh, you know, which is, a, which is a really important trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But moving uh, back into the, the, the day job, Chris, because uh, you're not a professional political commentator, although I always <laughs> on these things. Um, we were both uh, talking, I think, a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it? A roundtable property uh, do that we did online with some of the Liverpool MIPM delegation present. Uh, and of course, it wasn't that long ago when it seems that our biggest uh, conversation about COVID-19 was whether we'd be able to go to the south of France or not. And of course, the, uh, the, the property festival was, was rightly uh, cancelled. Uh, and hoping that we'll be back for March 2021. Um, but I just wanted really to get your take on why you see that property festival as a useful place and a useful environment for a company such as yours. Uh, because I know that, you know, you'd spent an awful lot of time, Chris, in putting together a program of activity whilst you were out there um, that would generate some profile for the business um, but more importantly, perhaps in the future, win some business for the company as well. Yeah, um, I, it is. A, it's a really important part of our, our sort of marketing focus um, for, for the year. Um, we re-engaged with the MIPIM uh, Liverpool delegation about four years ago. Uh, and it's grown. Our, our presence has grown. I think the quality of that delegation and the, the the quality of work done by that delegation we've seen grow over the, over that period is why we're, we're, we're so keen to continue to, to support it and it was yeah bitterly disappointing that we we, we couldn't um we couldn't carry out the plans we had this year um like so many people um we'd invested a lot of time in that uh it, it's important to us because i think the structure of the liverpool delegation how it's put together and how it's managed the fact that it's a it's a private sector delegation that um, facilitates the public sector presence. Uh, it gives us a, a unique opportunity to, to interact um, with you know, key, key players in our city region. Um, it, it's a well-organized and well-controlled program of activity that has the right people there. Uh, and it, and, and after four years, um, you know, it could, could, could easily sort of start to think, well, it's just, it's just the same people you see, you know, all the time in the city or you read about in the city. Uh, and therefore, what's the sort of value that participating in this event brings? But I think there is such a focus to the business uh, in, in Cannes. And I think those, those people that don't go and, 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 and criticise it, it, you know, and it becomes a well-trodden line, but it isn't just a champagne jolly. I mean, and it, and 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 it, and I, I unfortunately I never went when it was, <laughs> uh, and and so it's just it's just tales and an urban myth now to me. But, but uh, for me, it, it's the hardest week's work of the year, uh, um, and and that's because 
everybody is there focused on listening, on meeting, uh, on, on uh, you know, being serendipitous with opportunity uh, in a way that's really hard to create that environment outside of, of, of meeting. Um, and this takes place around this focused program of, 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 that, that explores what opportunities are current in the city, where the city's going, what's on the horizon, um, and it gives you gives you a fantastic uh, uh, insight into what's happening in the city and being shoulder to shoulder with with our, our leaders and seeing uh, other cities' leaders uh, and being part of that interaction and having the opportunity to introduce you know now regionally some of our clients um, to our city um, and developing that relationship. Uh, I think I think is there's no other opportunity like it. So. Yeah, it, 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 it gives us opportunity to meet new people. It gives us opportunity to progress relationships we've already developed in the city. Um, and it also gives us great opportunity to develop our relationship with our leaders. Absolutely. Right, Chris, I'm just going to... So you mentioned, Chris, there about MIP and the opportunity, obviously, to, to, to rub shoulders with the civic leadership of Liverpool, but equally, meeting other cities and meeting decision makers from other cities uh, and of course one of the places that you're certainly interested in i think both of us see the potential and opportunity there is birmingham isn't it yeah absolutely yeah yeah and i think uh, i think one of the one of the good things the government have done during the last few months is is push ahead and commit to hs2 mm. uh, and i think you know in 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 times of trouble and with a with with some economic uncertainty, certainly in the short term, commitment from central government to large infrastructure project builds confidence. Uh, you know, and 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 for the UK, I think it's 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 so important. I mean, our, our, our infrastructure has been critically underfunded for such a long period of time that this is well overdue. Um, but I think a, a, a positive project. Um, has massive economic spin-off directly as a result of the spend and the location of the spend. And I think even, even in, in the work that's been done so far in HS2, it's evident the impact that's had in, in Birmingham as a city. Uh, and, and it's it, you've seen growth in the, uh, in the commercial property uh, and, and obviously on the back of that residential property as well. So the city is, is growing. It's, uh, uh, for us, it, it's, it, it always comes across as a very open city. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're engaging people, um, and they're interested, and it's a city that welcomes. And, uh, you know, culturally, it, it's got a rich history and, uh, of being diverse. Um, sorry, I'm somebody going past in a motorbike way around. <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, uh, uh, and, and because of that diversity, it, it is open, um, and it's not... It's not close to, to, to people with a different accent, if you mm. put it like that. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so, so it is on our, our agenda. Um, we've got a number of clients who are active in the area. Uh, and it's a city that's, that, that, that we're very much looking forward to starting to get to know a bit better and, and to begin to work in. Um, and, yeah, I would have been great at uh, uh, this year to have taken the opportunity to got to know their leaders through their delegation there. Um, we'll have to do that in other means now over the over the over the, the next sort of few months, uh, six months. Where in in the run up to to MIPIM uh, twenty one, 
Uh, but yeah, it's a city that, that, that we're keen to target uh, and, and, and keen to, 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 to grow our presence in. Mm. And of course, not only HS2 and some other great developments that are happening in and around the city, Paradise Development's a major scheme yeah. there. Uh, but of course, the Commonwealth Games on, on the horizon as well. Uh, Hundred percent, yeah, and 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 you know you had a double whammy there. I mean, it's uh, so 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 uh, you know a big um, a big development which will will have big impact on on the hospitality and leisure sector, mm. um, and you know how that's now going to progress and develop uh, in in a post COVID environment will be interesting. Um, but you know it, it, what it will do is 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 put Birmingham on the map in a big way um and the, the the focus of the world will be on the city um for the for those games um and and, and on the back of that we you know big opportunity will present itself so yeah it'd be really it's, it's a really exciting time i think for a city that you know right in the center of 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 the of the uk and um you know i think lots of parallels with liverpool as well it's it's it feels like a familiar place when you go um and i think that's maybe the the nature of the people you know um so yeah it's a it's a it's a really interesting proposition yeah well we're looking forward to to introducing you to to one or two people uh, down there obviously chris and you know we've been talking for a couple of months now about launching this partnership with brock carmichael obviously we're really excited to have you guys on board um what are the sort of things that we'll be doing with with brocks then downtown and brocks in partnership what are the sort of things you're hoping we'll be able to help you with? Well, I think um, I'm, yeah, tremendously excited uh, about this. Um, and I think uh, for us, it's really important to get a partnership like this right with the right organisation. So, you know, we're, we're a professional practice. Um, we, we occupy, uh, you know, uh, uh, the SME world. You know, we're not a huge national or international consultancy. Uh, we are, you know, uh, a, a, a strong team from Liverpool uh, with skills we think we can uh, bring to bear for others elsewhere. Uh, so for us, it's really important teaming up with an organisation that can take us into those areas we want to move to, um, that can represent us and work with us uh, in line with our values, which is about, you know, professionalism uh, and and quality of service. So so. We know that when we are represented or we have introductions, they'll be in line with the core values that, that underpin our culture and our business. Uh, and so first and foremost, that was the, that's the most important thing. It means that you know, we'll work seamlessly together. And, and I think that's a really important, really important thing. I also think that downtown's connections are unrivaled um, you know, in the areas we want to work, but, but it, critical part of our partnership is not going to be just help you helping us in, in new areas and new regions. Um, it's also about reinforcing our presence in, in Liverpool as well. Uh, and it, it is, you know, it's exciting to be working all over the country, um, but, but Liverpool's our hometown. And we think there's an awful lot of work to do still in Liverpool. Uh, and we want to make sure that we are right, right at the front, leading the growth of our city and our city region. Um, uh, we see the, uh, the, the, the change in the last few years, or certainly the last year, the change in tone in development in the city is, is moving positively. Um, the city needs to mature. 
uh, and, and we want to be part of that maturation process uh, and ensure that you know we are promoting and fighting our city's corner in a way that does it justice uh, and I think uh, the cruise liner terminal um, Liverpool waters um, uh, some of the other uh, uh, you know, festival gardens some of the other big projects that are happening around the city tremendously exciting and if we if we get those right um, you know we will move Liverpool out of what it's been for so long and I think there's a great opportunity for the city on the horizon. Well Chris as I say we're tremendously excited as well to be working alongside you guys it's uh, great to have you on board as a partner uh, look forward to the next live meeting uh, that we have uh, maybe over a glass of something sparkly. Um, yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you uh, very soon. I think uh, we're going to start invo involving you in some of our uh, virtual events in Birmingham as well. So hopefully you'll get to meet some of the personalities in uh, in Brum as well. But it's been great speaking to you this afternoon, Chris. Yeah, likewise, Frank. Yeah, thanks for your time. Good to chat as always. Top man. I'll speak to you very soon. Speak to you soon. Take care. Cheers. Great. Bye.